0: Closures and budget concerns as COVID's second wave gains steam. I'm Jarrett Murphy from citylimits.org. This is Ben Max from Gotham Gazette. I've just learned we do have Councilmember Traeger on, uh, so I'm pleased to welcome Mark Traeger. He's a Democratic City Council Member representing the 47th District, which covers Bensonhurst, Coney Island, Gravesend, and Seagate. He's a former high school teacher and he chairs the Council's Education Committee. Councilmember Traeger, welcome to Max and Murphy. Welcome back.
1: Great to be with you. Thank you so much for having me.
0: I believe actually that uh Casmember Traeger was the last guest we had before Covid blew up. Um we had him on in March Um, with a public health expert to talk about things that were developing. At that point, and I have to admit to this, I poo-pooed a a petition circulating by high school students saying that schools should be shut down. Uh, I thought that was ridiculous, and obviously uh, they were right and I was wrong. Uh, Councilmember Traeger, what is your reaction to the announcement the mayor made today?
1: My, My initial reaction was that it doesn't have to be this way. Um, this is a structure which which the mayor created on, on his own accord. Um, I'll also note, and I think I speak for many uh, folks and in, in school stakeholders, that I think folks are tired of the pissing match between uh, city hall and Albany. Um, this has this disproportionately impacts our most vulnerable children and families. I was already contacted by a hospital worker asking me, uh, what is she going to do for child care tomorrow? or she's considering taking off work tomorrow uh, to care for her, to care for her son, which means that uh, she also will not be uh, working and caring for patients in the hospital in the middle of a pandemic. Um, I also want to say that when I worked on a, on a proposal back in July with educators and other stakeholders, yes, first and foremost, I centered safety, but I also centered equity. And uh, tomorrow, uh, over seventy-seven thousand children will not be able to shift to remote learning because they're they're still in need of a device and reliable internet. Something that I've been pushing for for months, and the mayor only recently decided that he was going to order a hundred thousand iPads, which still many of them have not come in. Uh, I also want to note that. There are families with means who are paying for private learning pods outside of the school system where their children are receiving five days a week in-person services. But I represent a working class neighborhood where folks live check to check. To check. Some of the folks have lost their jobs, barely making ends meet, and they don't have the money to provide this type of service. So this disproportionately impacts working families um, who who rely on government to be the great equalizer and, and to give a sense of equity and fairness. Um, and as a former teacher, I could tell you that if my students missed a couple of days of instruction, that was a lot. We now have kids, you know, uh, with over half a year of interrupted instruction. Uh, these are generational impacts. These are not. These are not just temporary.
0: What's your sense, um, you know, before we came to today's decision or the, the hemming and hauling over the past couple of days over whether this would happen, digital learning for those who were connected, uh, leaving aside for the moment the very valid points you make about people without devices or without Wi-Fi, but people who were learning at home uh, and were connected, um, we know the spring was not good. But in the fall, was it your impression that digital learning, that remote learning was working well, poorly, that you have some sense of how successful it had been?
1: Uh, my sense is that uh, for many young children uh, it was not working uh, very well it was not working very well for many children with, with special needs um, uh, you know, I, I heard a number of stories also where um, teachers would come into work to try to connect with their students virtually but their school did not have adequate bandwidth so there were teachers literally roaming the hallway trying to catch an adequate signal to connect with their students which is unacceptable. Um, And uh, many times I heard that students would lose their signal, uh, disconnect uh, issues with logging on. The iPad was not working. So uh, for for some kids who have adequate technology, adequate internet service, and their schools have supplemental resources through PTA or other private means, uh, then they might have been having better access and better connectivity issues. But, for many of the older buildings and schools without, you know, million-dollar PTAs or so, they were relying on very inadequate, antiquated uh, infrastructure, um, which again uh, just did not provide any type of continuity in education. And I, I just have to say that there are just some children; it's not it's not working. This this structure is not working for them and parents and their older siblings have to step in to try to help support them. But for if, if you're a high school student who is trying to help your younger brother or sister, that's coming at the expense of your own instruction. And there are many uh, working families and parents who also have to, you know, provide for their families. And uh, r- remote learning has just not been this ideal setting. So, for some kids, yes, it, it might be working if their school was well equipped for it, even prior to the pandemic. You know, this reminds me, back in spring, uh, when the DOE announced that they would not allow uh, schools to use Zoom for a while, if you recall that, 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 that mm-hmm. moment, um, there were certain communities that were very upset that they got used to Zoom and, and didn't want to switch to Google Meet. And neighborhoods mm-hmm. like mine in Coney Island were saying, hey, where's my device? So we, we had two parts of the city having two different conversations. Uh, some folks talking about Zoom versus Google and folks in my district asking, where is my device? Where is my Internet? Um, and so th- it's been a very unequal uh, kind of uh, application of, of this, of this re- remote learning. And again, uh, if, you're, if you recall, I don't know if this was reported uh, but yet, yeah, but we had to subpoena them on attendance data back in the spring. And we got information recently that showed that um, uh, schools that had a uh, 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 majority population of Black and Brown students had a much lower engagement, uh, attendance, uh, you know, uh, data and numbers um, than, than than with their white peers. And. So they knew, they knew that many school communities did not have access to device, access to internet service entering this school year when I asked them going back to spring about what is the need for devices, internet, what is the, what, what is the overall need? And and they didn't want to tell us until we had to issue a subpoena. So the only thing worse than 77,000 kids not having a device and internet service is entering the school year knowing this very painful painful reality. And again, as of this moment, many of the of the devices still have not come in. Many children living in shelter still cannot even connect to a Wi-Fi signal in their shelter because of inadequate infrastructure, something which they knew about for for, for a long time.
0: Council Member to talk about some of the numbers related to today's decision, what is the latest count in terms of how many public school children were doing hybrid learning. I know at the outset of the year, it was a little less than half of the million or so students, and I gather it has dropped since then. Do you know what the latest figures were?
1: Approximately around 300,000 or so had opted for uh, uh, hybrid or, or, or the blended learning. And I'm told that the majority of, 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 of that number uh, were students in elementary school. And uh, a number of parents had reached out to me uh, arguing that you know one or two days a week is just not sufficient for, for for their child especially if their their child has an IEP and they require more more services Um, And also, I want to note for the record that there are children with IEPs that are required to to receive uh, adaptive technology to help them uh, with remote learning. Many of them still have not received that as well. So I want to just note that for for the public record. But the majority of which I'm told were younger children, elementary school children, uh, many of the high schools were largely empty. Uh, One of the reasons for that is uh, in high school, you need to have uh, a a licensed teacher to, to teach this specific subject. Um, and if, if, you know, if, if you don't have that licensed teacher to teach, whether it's science, math or, or, or history, then you can't just put a, you know, a random other person to cover that class. So in many cases, what's, what's happening in our, in our high schools, uh, you have kids, students coming in, uh, someone watching them in the class, and they're Zooming with their teacher who's working from home. So many high school kids opted for remote after the, the first week of school realizing that this is not in-person instruction. This is virtual study hall. This is not what what the mayor promised. So I could tell you for a fact that some of our large high schools in Brooklyn, where they have rosters of over 3,500 students, only about 150 kids were showing up each day. So these buildings were were largely empty. And think about all of the lost opportunities uh, to program services for young children and our most vulnerable kids.
0: Uh, it, it's just—it's unacceptable. So you mentioned at the outset that this was a, kind of a crisis of the mayor's own making. That was obviously a reference to him setting this three percent citywide infectivity threshold as the tripwire for shutting down schools, shutting down in-person learning in schools. Um, talk about your critique of that. You know, people have obviously said that it was silly to have uh, a kind of arbitrary citywide. Uh, baseline, citywide threshold. Um, Others have made the related argument that, uh, you know, students do not appear to be uh, contracting the disease at anywhere near that rate. Uh, There's very little transmission or or evidence that kids can be super carriers. Um, So tell me what you think was wrong with the way the mayor set up the criteria for shutting down schools and, and whether you think any kind of a change is warranted now.
1: I mean, I, I go back before he created this 3% threshold. Let's go back to spring uh, when we opened up the, those rec centers. For the most part, for the most part, it went relatively smoothly. Uh, I didn't hear about any type of major outbreak or major crisis at, at our rec centers. Which and just were to clarify, the up-
0: rec center is this uh, regional uh, enrichment center, right?
1: That's correct. These were the regional, regional enrichment centers uh, opened up in each each borough to provide uh, emergency child care services for children of essential workers um, and to the credit of all the staff that worked there. And they had safety protocols in place. They had a very strict class size limit, uh, you know, masks, uh, nurses, PPE, you name it. Um, they were running relatively you know, pretty, pretty well. Uh, and so we already had some initial data prior to, the, to this to this structure. Um, and so, what I'm saying is, we can build on that. You know, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. We can build on that, uh, have so, so-called you know, Rec 2.0, but expand the eligibility to include all uh, all young children, ch- homeless children, children in foster care, children with IEPs. And, and that, I think, would help solve your, your equity issue in addition to protecting our kids. I want to just note for the record, about 500,000 kids out of 1.1 million go to elementary school. Uh, so this is a way that kind of makes our system more manageable and manage density in the pandemic. Uh, many uh, elementary school kids tend to live closer to their school as opposed to their high school high school peers. And, and also, you know, I would argue that you know, you're only four years old once. Right. And if you're not reading at level by second grade, it's very hard to catch up, catch up later. That's why I mentioned these are, are generational impacts. So to go back to your original question, we already had data before the mayor structure and the rec centers. They worked. And I think that we, we can build on that to center both safety and equity. And I'm going to keep harping on that on that term because again, many kids tomorrow will not have a device to learn from. Many kids tomorrow will not have the luxury of in-person services because, because again, many families and, and not the wealthier wealthiest zip codes will just not have those opportunities.
0: And so this is the crux of your plan, which is you need to take the limited resources the city has when you do low density schooling and apportion to the students needed the most, the youngest, those with special needs. Those who are homeless. That's that's the plan you've been pushing for a while. And I'm curious have you had discussions with DOE or City Hall about that. What's their what's their comeback? Why don't they want to approach it that way?
1: I've had repeated uh, discussions with City Hall and DOE about this proposal. Um, the, the mayor wanted to stick to this to this hybrid plan because he wanted to have sort of like this one-size-fits-all approach and try to have everyone back. Look, we're in a pandemic. Uh, you know, uh, there were certain pre-existing conditions played in our school system prior to the pandemic that inhibit our ability to fully, you know, reopen. So And that's where this, the state has a lot of responsibility here as well. Um, so, so the issues of, of class size is not new. The, the fight for more nurses is not a new fight. The fight for inadequate uh, you know, ventilation system is not new. Um, they knew about this in advance. But having said that, and I also want to add that we still have a very severe you know, staff shortage. Uh, the, the administration still has not told me you know, how many teachers are we short by. Uh, But I could tell you that that issue has really uh, plagued the the high schools and middle schools, uh, where I'm told that there are significant staff shortages uh, because of some of the issues I mentioned earlier about about, uh, state licensing requirements. So we need to prioritize space, personnel, resources, for our most vulnerable children and simultaneously ensure that every child from every zip code has adequate uh, technology and internet. And also just to make note, many high school kids have shared with me that iPads are really not working for them. It's hard to type an essay On an iPad, they've been asking Mm -hmm. for Chromebooks. They've been asking for laptops. I've been telling this to the DOE, and they're trying to order them now. But they're in competition with every school district across across America. But I've been telling the mayor's office this about six months ago. Uh, high school kids, I guy used to be a high school teacher, you know, many high school teachers are, are, are working with their kids on essay writing and, and preparation for regents, And although regents will be canceled in January. But, you know, there, there are essay exams you have to prepare for. It's hard to type that on, on, on an iPad. And so they really haven't even taken feedback from, from our students, r- really, uh, as well.
0: One of the big questions, we just have a few minutes left, unfortunately. One of the big questions that came out in the mayor's press conference today was, okay, school in-person learning is shut down now again. Um, and now the question is obviously, when will it come back? How will it come back? What are the thresholds for that? You know, is it about the count getting to a certain point and staying there? Is there a chance the schools go back in session and then close again? Is there any way to give parents some kind of a sense and outlook of how long this they might last so they can make plans not on a day-to-day basis? We're in this, now uh, like it or not because the mayor has ordered it what do you think should guide the decision on when to resume uh, in- person hi- hybrid in-person schooling what should what should the city's approach be
1: well I, I there's nothing stopping him from proactively planning uh, for, for families even quite frankly even prior to this announcement but but I, I, I'm gonna go back to this that we need to center safety and equity. They have to go hand in hand uh, because we we still, first of all, we still have essential workers who are doing God's work. Uh, Again, I mentioned before I was contacted by by, by a mom who works in a hospital and is now contemplating taking work off tomorrow to care care for her son. Uh, But that means she will not be caring for patients in a hospital in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, We should never put any of our essential workers through through such a horrible situation like that. So uh, I believe the mayor needs to cancel this hybrid model. I think it it has failed, failed our kids. It's not working. And think about we already have a severe staffing shortage. It exacerbates it. And I'll explain how it does. The hybrid model requires... Three sets of teachers. You, you need a teacher for cohort A on Monday, a different teacher for cohort B on Tuesday, and then a different teacher for, 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 the, for the remote learning piece. Where, where are you finding uh, teachers in, in, a, in a middle of a pandemic when many of our educators understandably have applied to medical accommodation you know and, and I, I i of course I, I hear them and i sympathize with them you know we've lost close to 80 doe employees as of june due to the pandemic you know trust is also shattered in our school system so why not prioritize our personnel our resources our energy for in-person for kids who truly need in-person services, and we know who they are, while also ensuring that every child, every student has access to technology. So there's nothing stopping the mayor, nothing stopping the mayor from canceling this failing hybrid model, which has not worked whatsoever, and move towards a plan that is centered uh, by both the safety and equity for our families.
0: Good questions and interesting answers from Mark Traeger, Councilmember of Brooklyn and Chairman of the Council's Education Committee. Uh, Councilmember, thank you so much for joining us.
1: I appreciate you always. Thank you so much.